0: Today, on the Travel Guys.
1: In breaking travel news, the FAA has ordered temporary, temporarily grounding of all 737 MAX aircraft. This has happened within the last 30 minutes after the fuselage problem on the Alaska Airlines flight last night. We'll have an update and some details. We'll also tell you the story about how 379 people got off that burning Japanese airplane alive and tell you the most dangerous
0: cities in the United States to drive in. Those stories next in the news. When they shut the airplane door, the flight attendant tells you to turn off your phone or put it in airplane mode. But should you? And what happens if you don't? Answers in our Smarter Traveler segment coming up at 1120.
1: Traveler advocate Chris Elliott makes his living traveling the planet, so when he issues his list of favorite places, it's worth reading. Chris tells us great places to visit around the world coming up at 1135.
0: Our box of odds and ends at 1155 include tips on where you can and can't put those lithium batteries when you're flying.
1: Thanks for joining us. Whether it's live on Saturday morning or by podcast later in the week, welcome to the latest edition of The Travel Guys. On the road
0: again, I've been everywhere, man. to Welcome everyone to another edition and another year of the travel and entertainment guys. Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano with you. Don't forget uh, links to our special guests and so much more always at travelguysradio.com. Hope you had a great uh, new year. Uh, Glad to be here, Mark. Uh, We've got uh, breaking news. Uh, We'll we'll keep a close watch on this certainly throughout our program if anything else uh, pops up that's uh, worth sharing with people in regards to the started with an alaska airlines plane and in an issue there and as it seemed to be affecting uh, a lot of planes and perhaps uh, obviously a lot of flights how many airlines did you say were affected it
1: it may um this aircraft the 737 max nine is used by alaska southwest and united Um, In this country, it's also used by a few other international carriers. It uh, appears as though about 20 minutes ago, the FAA ordered the temporary grounding of that aircraft. There's 171 of those um, in use currently. And, of course, there there was the accident on the Alaska plane uh, last night where the door-slash-window blew out. We'll tell you some more about that in a minute um, some of the stories have been a little, a little bit lacking in information there. Um, we've been monitoring the uh, uh, flight schedules for United and Southwest. There have not been any immediate changes yet. But uh, Alaska does not have that plane on any flights out of Sacramento the rest of the day. Uh, uh, United does. Uh, Southwest does. If you have a flight on Southwest or United in particular today or tomorrow, you're going to want to monitor that situation very closely because what what can happen here is if all these planes are pulled out of the sky, there're going to be a lot of canceled flights. The inspections don't take a lot of time, so it shouldn't it, it's it's not like flights are going to be canceled for 2 weeks, but for the next 48 to 72 hours there could be some things flights that don't go fortunately fortunately it's early january and we're kind of sorted just about out of the holiday season there probably are still a few people who are headed home from holiday vacations and stuff this weekend but business and leisure travel wouldn't be at a peak or anything at this time of the year so it may not have as big of an impact as it would in the summertime if you took 170 airplanes out of the sky in the middle of the summer um, you would have a huge problem, and it would cascade all over the place. Um, it's possible that they may be able to contain this because of the time of the year. You know, if you've got five flights a day from point A to point B, and so now maybe you can cut it to three and figure out a way to get most of the people on those three airplanes and and therefore eliminate some of the inconvenience to the, to the traveling public. But if you are flying on United or Southwest, you're going to want to – and if you check three hours before your flight then check again two hours before your flight or as soon as you get to the airport because it's possible that this situation could become an issue as the weekend goes on so far it has not been but it's hard to imagine them pulling all of these planes out of the sky and everything just operating exactly as scheduled
0: well all right you heard it here and we'll keep you posted of course you're on uh KFBK News Radio, so after we're off the air, uh, I imagine they'll keep you up to date as well. I'm, I'm guessing. All right. Yeah, all right, Mark, uh, let's see. Uh last week off to Saint Louis, how was it? Uh Saint Louis was fun. Saint <laughs> Louis was
1: fun. It's the middle of the winter, but um Saint Louis was fun. I it's it's I've always been a Cardinal fan and have family back there and the like, so it was uh it, it was it was a good time. Plus, I got to have toasted ravioli at Mike Shannon's restaurant in the airport. So that always makes me incredibly happy. You know, every traveler has a couple spots that they you know really look forward to getting back to. And Mike Shannon's in the St. Louis just toasted ravioli. Any place in St. Louis, which is kind of a local specialty, um, is is some is a treat. But to have it at Mike Shannon's is Mike was an old third baseman and broadcaster for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals.
0: Cool. Cool. All right. Well, as you know, at the top of every Travel Guys radio show, we covered some of it. When well, it's time to cover more of it. We bring you up to date on the travel news. And with the rest of the travel news, we continue with Mark Hoffman. Mark? Well, we're talking about that uh, situation
1: with the air blowing off the Alaska plane last, the, the door blowing off the Alaska plane last night. And there's been a, a number of different reports as to what really happened, um, it was Joe Branc- Brancatelli has uh, uh, added some some detail and some clarity this morning. So I'll share some of his reporting. Um, somewhere around sixteen thousand feet last night, uh, right uh, right around five o'clock, a flight that had departed from Portland, Oregon, to Ontario, California, a had a door, a window, a piece of the airplane basically got sucked out and disappeared fortunately there was nobody sitting in the seat next to where that happened uh, a young man a teenager who was in the middle seat had his uh, t-shirt blown off and his mother said she grabbed him to make sure that he didn't get pulled out of the airplane um, the flight made a landing back at the uh, at Portland at uh, about 35 minutes after it took off and um, there's been some different discussion about whether or not it was a window or a door, and it, this is where it gets a little trickier. Um, it, it, neither one is really accurate. Um, Boeing has several configurations of that aircraft to suit various carrier demands. What was it row 26 of the Alaska Airlines jet, there's room for an auxiliary exit door. So for higher capacity configurations, um, the area is covered with a panel, in other words, the airline wants to put more seats on to allow seats to be placed in in that area. So that's what came apart. It was a door. It was a door that had been covered by a panel. So it was not an active door that you would have seen from inside the aircraft, uh, nor was it a window. So that's probably why the reporting has been a little scattered on that. Is because it really was neither a door nor a window, but. Um, this could be, if it requires inspections of all the planes, um, Boeing is saying that in it, the inspections required would take, quote, several hours. I've seen that in two different places. Uh, this morning, CNN is reporting the same thing. Um, you, there, as I mentioned, there are 171 of these planes. Um, Alaska has about 65 of them. I'm seeing one story here that says that Alaska has grounded all of their planes, but I can't see There are 737s, but I can't see any evidence of that online. Now, if you're flying out of Sacramento, you're flying to San Diego on Alaska Airlines, or you're flying to Portland, they use uh, their commuter carrier, Horizon or SkyWest, on those flights, and those are uh, jets, but they're not 737 jets. So if you're flying on Alaska to San Diego or Portland, you're okay. You're also okay for Seattle for today in that none of those planes are scheduled but it's always possible that if alaska grounds a bunch of aircraft it could have a cascade effect and you could lose a flight that wasn't on one of those planes but because they took your plane and put it somewhere else so if you're planning on a flight on alaska to seattle keep an eye on that if you're going on united any place besides san francisco or los angeles uh, those are smaller aircraft if you're going to denver or chicago houston uh, dulles You want to make sure that your plane is flying, and also if you're meeting someone at the airport, you want to, or you know somebody who's going to fly on United Southwest or Alaska over the next couple of days, you want to alert them to this situation. With our ability to be able to check flight status on our phones very regularly with apps, it makes it a lot easier to get accurate and updated information. So anyways um, kind of an interesting situation on that flight last night from Portland to Ontario it appears as though the FAA and Boeing are on top of it um, fly just just remember the most dangerous part of taking an airplane a trip on an airplane
0: is by far the f- travel to the airport in your car so <laughs> and then uh, one more uh, one more good reason to always no matter what wear your seatbelt um, yeah, while, while you're while you're on board your airplane, <laughs> yeah, would, regardless of whether there's a seatbelt light on or off,
1: <coughs> who would think that you would have to be wear your seatbelt so you didn't get sucked out of the airplane? But yeah, um, that would be it. Okay, um, hasn't been a good week for airplanes. Uh, Japan Airlines. You probably have all seen the pictures of that crash on uh, the runway where a, a, a smaller plane, a Dash Eight that was carrying uh, earthquake rescue supplies ended up, for some reason, um, not only on an active runway, but in the middle of an active runway and got slammed due by a Japanese uh, uh, jet, the Japanese Airlines plane. There were 379 people on board that plane, including 12 crew members, and everybody got off. Um, and if you've seen the pictures of that plane... About 10 minutes after everybody is off the plane, the entire plane is engulfed in flames. So um, it was apparently a couple of the emergency exits were not usable. The plane, if you saw it, uh, came to a stop resting um, on its front. It was nose down. That apparently made it a little bit easier because the exits they were using were up towards the front of the plane and allowed people – it was less – people oftentimes get hurt using those evacuation slides – because it's a hectic situation and it's like, you know, jump in and go. And in this case, because the nose of the plane was down, that made the angle that people had to jump into that slide a lot different and made it and cut down on the number of people who were injured on the ground getting off of the airplane. But um, lots of kudos to the crew on the uh, the Japanese uh, Japan Airways plane. Um, Folks generally said that people stayed cool and stayed calm despite the fact that once the plane came to a stop, there was a little bit of a delay before people started getting off of the aircraft. Also, one other thing of real note to this situation that probably made a huge difference and also cut down on the injuries of people sliding down the slide. Imagine you, take, you, you grab one of those 35, 40-pound carry-ons out of the overhead and take it with you, which you're not supposed to do, and now you get the slide. Now, what are you going to do with that carry-on? Well, you may not be able to put it in your lap, so you're going to throw it down the, the slide, and then it may nail somebody. So the, really, the, the biggest lesson to be learned from the Japanese, uh, the Japan Airlines uh, incident this weekend on the runway in Tokyo is that um, when they tell you if there's an emergency, don't take your carry-on, that's what they mean. Don't take your carry-on. You have to decide, is your carry-on or you more important, and also the people around you. So that. Probably is the biggest lesson to be learned there is follow the instructions of the professionals who have been trained to handle these kinds of situations. Most of us have not been. And follow the, what the flight attendants and the crew have to say to you and leave that stuff behind. It's all replaceable.
0: You think? Yeah. Good. Good advice. Yeah. That's
1: that's my idea. All right. Um, something a little lighter. I guess a little lighter, but not that much lighter. 25 most dangerous cities for speeding. Um, Texas and California uh, have the most cities on this list, but uh, they're not the places necessarily that you would think of. Several Southern California cities: Hesperia, Rialto, and Victorville. Victorville is an old Route 66 city, um, but if you if you know anything about topography in Southern California. The interstate coming down out of Barstow and Victorville comes down out of the mountains pretty steeply. So my guess is that that's why that has... um, Texas has a number of cities on the list. Beaumont, Odessa. uh, Let's see, what else here? Hartford, Connecticut, St. Louis, Missouri, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, How did they figure this out? They analyzed mostly recently reported crash data. Uh, from the Department of Transportation, which is from 2021, to figure out. And then they also counted the number of speeding tickets in each municipality. So the entire list can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. I thought that might be kind of fun. Las Vegas Strip has a new loitering law. So uh, if you go down to the Strip and you're just, you know, standing there being amazed at all the buildings and lights and stuff, um, that's not good. That's against the law now. And so you need to be inside spending your money or doing something. So the uh, law is – it it does make some sense because the recent Formula One race, for example, was visible from the Strip. So if people all – they all stop, then pedestrians cannot get by. New rule allows police to charge people with a misdemeanor if they break the rules. People are allowed to stop if they're waiting to get on an elevator, escalator, or stairway.
0: This sounds like kind wow. of a phony thing. No, I, this is no fun. I, this, that's fake news. Yeah, I I,
1: I, <laughs> I think so. I think what this is designed to do is to, oh, no, we can't do this anymore, and probably that'll last about 20
0: minutes. and. Hmm. well you know I mean especially when the weather's nice and uh, it it's such uh it's it's fun to just kind of hang out on, on the strip and uh, isn't it watch I'm... all the lights the blinky lights and and, and people watching—that's what you're it's all your, about
1: you're in your car or you're whatever anyway a couple more stories here quickly um, they there's a release of the ratings airline ratings releasing the world's safest airlines. Um Air New Zealand is at the top. There are uh three US airlines in the top 25 Hawaiian, American, United, actually four. Alaska Airlines is the uh is at the top. And the FAA says the data shows a continuing decline in the number of people raising hell on aircraft, rowdy passengers on planes. Um we're, we're we had 2031 incidents in 2023. That's uh, down significantly from 2022 and 2021. It's still a little bit higher than pre-COVID. So people are behaving themselves better, but not as well as they did. And that is your extended travel news for today.
0: Boy, was it extended. Our longest travel news to date, I bet you folks. Well, you know what? We, We haven't talked enough about airplanes, so. Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for coming along. Don't forget TravelGuysRadio.com. Links to our special guests and more can be found there. All right, Mark, uh, you got some more news for us, don't you?
1: I do. I have an update on the FAA's grounding of what amounts to about 100 and potentially one hundred and seventy-seven thirty-sevens. 37s. Um, in a further statement, the FAA said it will order the temporary grounding of certain Boeing 737 MAX 9 aircraft offered by U.S. airlines or in U.S. territory. Um, Mexico, Iceland Air, and there's another international carrier. So um, you, you, you want to make sure that you're not on one of those aircraft. It says that the inspections will take around four to eight hours per aircraft. So it's not like they're going to put these planes down and they're going to be down for a week and a half. They're going to be down for as long as many crews as they have to inspect these aircraft and get them back in the sky, which I'm guessing will happen uh, on a regular basis. But anyway, as we mentioned, um, Alaska Airlines, Southwest, and United are the three carriers that serve Sacramento. Also, Aeromexico comes in here, so that would be worth checking on uh, with an overnight flight or two on some occasions. Um, Alaska has 65 of these aircraft. United has 79. For Alaska, that is about a third of their fleet. For United, it's a smaller percentage. But um, there are some United flights out of Sacramento later today that are scheduled to use that type of aircraft. So you definitely want to, if you are flying on United or uh, Southwest later today, you'll want to check before you depart for the airport. I'm going to guess this is probably going to be a little bit chaotic for a while. Also, be careful, even if your flight was not using a 737 900 max boeing aircraft it's possible you could be impacted by a cascading of canceled canceled flights on other aircraft it's also possible that the airlines will in their great wisdom call on this will be an all hands on deck situation and they'll get everybody possible to who can look at these planes and perform these inspections and minimize the impact Um, to the traveling public because as we mentioned earlier in the program this is a weekend where we're still wrapping up if you notice this week if you were traveling on the roadways uh, the regular work traffic wasn't quite there yet some kids are back in school but traffic was still pretty light so um so consequently not a lot of business traffic but probably still a lot of people getting home from the holidays um saturday and sunday so just stay on top of it if you've got the airline app on your phone. That's going to make you a much smarter traveler than the person who doesn't have it. So if you don't have it, get it on your phone and make sure you might want to also get um, a breaking news agency uh, like a CNN or something. We've got that on in the background here. But interestingly enough... some of the news reports have been a little bit behind on this. This is a story that has just broken in the last hour. Again, if you're just tuning in, the Federal Admini- Aviation Administration say it says they will require the inspection of 171 Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets after an outer section of one of the planes fell off during an Alaska Airlines flight. So if you are scheduled to fly on Alaska United Southwest, uh, Aero Mexico, you're going to want to be on top of that and make sure that your flight is not impacted.
0: There you go. Yeah. All right. We are the uh, travel and entertainment guys. Thanks for uh, joining us Uh, at the top of every travel guys radio program. We bring you up to date with travel news. And today was especially uh, uh, important that we did because uh, just as we were getting ready to go on the air, uh, we had breaking news. So keep it here. We'll probably be more coming up at the bottom of the hour. Chris Elliott. Consumer advocate Joyce talks about his 12 favorite places that he traveled in 2023. That's coming up here on The Travel Guys. Hey there, it's Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports, Leisure, Vacations. Uh, happy new year hope you had a great uh, turn of the turn of the year we're back we're brought to you by sports leisure vacations as i mentioned and one of our favorite guests here on the program we uh bring him back early this year chris elliott consumer advocate world traveler welcome back to the travel guys chris
2: hello and happy new year
1: hey and before we talk to you chris about uh the subject of the day today on january the first you published a list of You absolutely have to see these 12 places in 2024. And because you went around the planet last year, uh, your list is a little more interesting than most people's lists. But before we start on that, I just want to um, remind our listeners that um, on our Travel Guys radio site, there is a link to Chris's uh, site, Elliot.org. And there you will find a variety of travel tips. There are some parts of the site that you can pay to get um, additional information, insider-type information. Or uh, if you re- if you folks remember, Chris's column used to appear every Sunday in the Sacramento Bee Travel section for many years where he answered consumer issues. The bee has moved on to other things that are less interesting, and I don't know. I don't read it anymore. Um, so Chris is here with us on the radio, and if you enjoy what he has to say, you have a consumer question or a concern or a problem, uh, you can go to his website, And perhaps find some some ways to either help yourself or to enlist some of his team to help you. And like I said, there are also some ways that you can subscribe to some of his information. I do. And you hear some of it regularly on this program. That's how good it is. So enough of the commercial. Chris, welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, So you are in South America. I am. I'm in Santiago, Chile. Ah, so how do you like Santiago, Chile? It's
2: very hot, and it's fun, too. The the Chileans are nice people, and I'm really enjoying it down here. We've just had a nice Christmas and New Year's, and I'm here for another week. And you're there still uh, with one son, right? Yes. um, As you know, I travel around the world um, because of the very heavy travel component in my journalism And so uh, I've been on the road for basically the last five years. And uh, our next stop is going to be Uruguay, Montevideo, Uruguay.
1: Before we start on this journey with Chris, places that he went last year, uh, and we're going to start in Antarctica. um, Chris, we should tell people that because you're in the southern hemisphere, the seasons, as you mentioned earlier in our conversation here, um, you're in Santiago, where it's very warm. Um, so being in Antarctica in January, um, was, you know, it didn't make it the hottest spot on the planet, but it, but it was warmer than you would have found it at the, I just thought it was important to tell people that we need to flip the seasons as we start off here.
2: Yes. Uh, and that's a common mistake. People think that, um, it's going to be winter everywhere. It's, you know, obviously if you go into the Southern hemisphere, seasons are flipped. So right now we are, we just passed the summer solstice and it is freaking hot here actually yesterday wasn't so bad um but you know it is it's summertime and uh the the, there's fruit on the trees and there's leaves and it's you know just like just like summer up north Mm -hmm. you know um so yeah i i started the year actually in antarctica and uh and it's it is the best time to go because it's the middle of summer you don't want to be there in in the winter uh the you get 24 hours of daylight down there and it is an absolutely beautiful place those you know the ice looks like castles it's just gorgeous the sky is a, a shade of blue that you've never seen in your life i went with a uh, a cruise line called hx which is hurtigruten and uh it was a, a beautiful ship and uh, we just had a wonderful time going down there and exploring
1: a, a really well-known, I might add, and well-spoken of um, cruise operation that's been around for a while. And so I, 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 when, I, when I saw who you had traveled with in terms of Antarctica, I'm like, well, gosh, I, I'm betting that you had a, a, a great experience. What would you tell folks? I mean, Antarctica is on a lot of people's bucket lists, and some of them are mm-hmm. not young people. So what would you tell folks in terms of who who can go to Antarctica and enjoy it?
2: Um, Really anyone. And the reason I say that is that I had just uh, I broke my um, pelvis and three ribs about a month before I went. So I was in crutches for half the time I was in the cruise and they were very accommodating. They helped me get off the uh, the Zodiac. And I uh, there's a picture of me walking around on the ice shelf with these, it looks like ski poles. Uh, I needed those because otherwise I would have collapsed under my own weight. So I was on a lot of painkiller. You can do it if, even if you have a mobility issue. I guess that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't recommend doing it with um, a broken pelvis though.
0: No. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, but you've Now, but now you, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, this Yeah, you passed muster at least. Right, when you look at the pictures that Chris posted, you look at that and you go, "Oh wow, he must have teach down the hill there. He's got his poles and can't believe that that's just shortly after your your accident there."
1: We we what we should tell folks, first of all, we're talking with Chris Elliott, consumer advocate. Chris is joining us from uh, Santiago, Chile, today um, on the Travel Guys live here. And also, um, all of these destinations and the article that he compiled that put them all together, a, a link to it can be found at TravelGuysRadio.com. So if you're joining us in the middle here or you don't have time to stick with us or something like that, you want to refer to it later, it is there. Okay, um, a little. let's go a little quicker here, Chris. In uh, the spring of... For for in our hemisphere, but heading towards the fall, you headed off to uh, New Zealand.
2: New Zealand is easily one of my favorite, if not my favorite, destination of 2023. And you have to go there in 24. And uh, remember that it is in the southern hemisphere again, so all the seasons are flipped. So if you go there during the summer, you're going to get winter. But it's beautiful. The skiing there is really great. I, I probably shouldn't be talking about skiing because my injury was a ski injury, but, I, but never mind that. Um, but it is uh, Christchurch on the South Island is just easily one of my favorite places to go. Um, the people are friendly. Everyone speaks English. So you don't have to worry about translating. And it's very easy on the wallet, too.
1: Did you have a stop in the Middle East on the way between those two destinations?
2: I did um, Qatar, Doha, Qatar. Another favorite destination. I highly recommend Doha. Uh, now that the World Cup is in the rearview mirror, the uh, it, it is a place where you know not a lot of Americans go to, but it's highly developed and Middle Eastern hospitality. There's nothing like it on Earth, really.
1: You made a couple stops in your journey in, on your journey in Japan this year?
2: I did. I didn't even get a chance to mention all the places that I was, but um, I definitely you know one of the well I, I liked um, uh, Kyoto a lot. It's just very historical. Um, we did things there like learn how to make sushi, took a lot of historical tours, temples and shrines. But the one place that I really liked in Japan that I think is extremely underrated, is Fukuoka, which is on one of the southern islands there. And if you can actually get out to Iki Island, wonderful place. doesn't even look like Japan. It's It looks more like the tropics, but it is absolutely beautiful. And the people are so friendly. I mean, they're very polite in all of Japan, but down in Fukuoka, people just were a little bit friendlier, a little nicer. And really, it, there's just... I can't say anything bad about these places.
0: Well, I understand that you uh, stopped off uh, for a couple of minutes in, uh, in in Chile in July.
2: Yeah, well, I'm actually in, in Chile right now. And uh, the, the time that I really want to come back is in July because that is the middle of ski season. And <laughs> there are a couple of beautiful resorts. <laughs> I know. There I go again talking about skiing. But some great resorts, Um, the Andes are, even now, if I open my window and look out, I'm going to see snow on the Andes. So uh, it is, the snow is definitely there, and you're not going to have to worry about, oh, is there going to be enough snow? There's going to be enough snow.
0: Speaking of snow, we've been getting a lot of it here in California. So you're missing some of that. You'll have to hurry back. Speaking of California, uh, I see that you pop back of, I mean, of all the places that you're, we're looking at here. Uh, and again, go to travelguysradio.com. You can get a link to, uh, to this story that Chris has and the, the 12 places that he posted and photos that go with it. You, uh, I'm surprised. September, you pop back into the States and of all places that you posted as one of your favorites was, Los Angeles,
2: how did how did this happen? (laughs) Now, I know that when uh, people in Northern California have a little bit of a bias against Southern California and no, but no, (laughs) I used to live there, so I know, uh, and it's, that's absolutely fine. We were on our way between, we were between South Korea and Ecuador and we needed a, just a place to stay for a couple of weeks. And this opportunity came up to be in Marina Del Rey. Um, I, I actually, the thing that surprised me the most was that, you know, LA can be very touristy, but when you talk to people in the tourism ministry, they say, Hey, you know what? September, October, even into November, we really don't get a lot of tourists that come down here. So it's a really good time. The weather is really nice. Good time to be here, but you know, the beaches are not very crowded. And, that was really my experience too. It was that in very touristy places like Marina del Rey or like Venice or Santa Monica, it was, there just weren't a lot of people and that made for a really good experience for us.
0: You roller skate on the uh, sidewalks in Venice, right?
2: No, 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 no. I didn't do any roller skating.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, you were (laughs) skiing on the other side of the planet. It seemed, uh, Uh, seemed, uh,
2: you're right. Yes. Uh, no, no, that's a, that, that is a fair question. Why why would I ski and then not roller skate? I didn't have a pair of roller skates. I might have. I don't know. But, you know.
1: <laughs> All right. So you're getting back to, to more exotic destinations. After a short stop uh, in, in back in the States uh, late summer, you headed off and hit a few more spots on your list here. Um, mostly Southeast Asia, it looks like to me. South Korea and Thailand and the like. Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Well, uh, yeah, uh, I was up in Chiang Rai, Thailand, uh, and this was in rainy season. Again, not a terrible time to be there. People try to avoid rainy season, but late in the rainy season, there aren't a lot of people. And again, you get a lot of personalized attention. So I was there at um, the uh, a, a place called the Elephant Camp run by Anantara Resorts, and they had elephants that they were taking care of. What a cool thing. You look across the river, uh, the River Rurik and you see... Uh, Myanmar, which for us Americans is forbidden. They're in the middle of a civil war. You can't get in there. And on the other side uh, is Laos. So there are, it's just a really cool, kind of an interesting place where these three countries intersect. And then the other place that I really liked was South Korea. Uh, I was in uh, Seoul for about two and a half weeks. And the really cool thing they've done in town is they have this urban park and it used to be a rail line and they tore out the rail put in trees and now you walk through town in this urban park and they have these really neat coffee shops places where you can just go and stop and hang out and south koreans are really friendly too i should say nice people um just a a really cool experience um overall I, i i didn't see enough i wanted to go back and i hope i can soon
1: so before we let you go here, um, so a w- really wide variety, wide ranging group of destinations that we've that you've kind of recapped here. Um, so can I ask you, was there a favorite or maybe more than one favorite, maybe the people in one place and the scenery in another? But, you know, that, this is a pretty exotic list. Can you narrow it down to one or two places that just really stand out in your mind?
2: Well, the one place we haven't talked about is Tasmania, uh, Hobart. So I spent um, more than a month in Australia, but Tasmania is technically it's Australia, but it's it's off the coast of Australia. And it is just a magical place. If you've never seen a Tasmanian devil, um, if you if you there's a an, an art museum called the Museum of Old and New. And, uh, and it is the weirdest, coolest art museum you've ever been to in your life. Um, but the nice thing about it is, and, and people, um, again, they forget the Southern Hemisphere thing, but January, there's a, a, a yacht race between Sydney and Hobart, and that's the time to come out there and hang out with everyone and watch the ships come in. And, uh, again, if, if you ever have a chance to get to Tasmania, that will be the time to do it. The only wow. Tasmanian
0: devil I've ever seen is the one in the Warner Brothers cartoons. <laughs>
2: they are so cute they uh, tasmanian devils are, i have a picture that i posted um last year of a tasmanian devil baby and they are the cutest little things
1: our guest has been chris elliot you can see more of his ramblings at elliot.org that's two l's and two t's <laughs> elliot.org and uh, a variety of of different stuff i enjoy uh, reading your your stuff chris because it it, it doesn't have a commercial slant to it. It's kind of written from the way that a, a traveler would write. And um, it's not that you don't have a few things to sell and ways to make money um, because this is what you do for a living. But I enjoy writing your stuff because it's it's reading your stuff because it's unfiltered. And that's what you've given us today. So thank you for that. I think there's great value in in hearing from somebody who wanders the planet, what it's like to wander the planet, because there's a lot of us who don't do it as often as as much as you do, who. Probably And lots of folks who are listening who probably are salivating at the thought of just even getting to some of the places that you have um, the privilege of going to on a regular basis. So um, so hi to the son who is uh, still traveling with. And uh, Chris has podcasts and all kinds of things. org or you can pick up a link at TravelGuysRadio.com. Um, Chris, be well. Um, don't break the pelvis again. And we'll catch up with you again a country or two from now.
2: You
0: got it. Okay, thanks, guys. Welcome. It's Mark and Tom, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Before we uh, move on to our next subject, let's uh, kind of loop around and get an update, Mark. What's the latest on the uh, the 747 MAX-9? 737, smaller. 737, yeah.
1: Um, They are Alaska Airlines has taken some of their planes out of service to conduct inspections that the FAA says will take four to eight hours. United Airlines has said that they are doing the same thing, but there's no evidence of that yet. Um, Those inspections would probably be done at some of their hub airports, particularly at Denver and Dulles. Airports is what I'm uh, seeing from United Airlines here. So if you're uh, just joining us, we're talking about the situation that occurred last night on the horizon air on the uh, not horizon, the Alaska Airlines flight from Portland to uh, Ontario. When an area that housed an auxiliary door that was paneled over on the inside of the aircraft uh, blew out after the aircraft got up to about 16000 feet, they went back to Portland, made an emergency landing. Um, nobody was hurt. Fortunately, nobody was sitting in the seat that was immediately next to where the door blew out. But this has caused some concern for other aircraft. Um, not all uh, 737 MAX 900 aircraft have the same configuration with this extra door. And so it appears as though some number of these aircraft are being pulled out of circulation for the rest of, uh, until they can be inspected the inspections will take a few hours and once the planes pass my guess is they're going back in fact here's an update from alaska airlines just has just come in a couple minutes ago says they have already put eight jets back into the sky having completed the inspections and not found any any problems so if you're flying alaska united southwest they all use a lot of these airplanes in the next few days get uh, keep a close eye on your flight to make sure that even if they're not using a max 900 that uh, your flight isn't infec- isn't affected by some other change of schedules somewhere down the road okay is that about right. as clear nope. as mud probably
0: well, no, I think you've covered it pretty well. It is a uh, it it is an ongoing situation, but I, I think the best thing to do is to keep an eye on the news. And certainly, if you are flying, or if you have uh, friends or family that may be traveling to the Sacramento area, uh, you can check and find out. Uh, what plane there may be flying on, uh, keep an eye on that information and uh, make your decisions based on uh, what it is that you're, that, that you're finding out and uh, certainly uh, continue to check back uh, uh, all the way up until the time that you, uh, you maybe go out to the airport as to uh, what's going on to make sure that your flight may not be affected or if it is, you can use your app, make other plans.
1: Well, and on most apps, especially if you will hit it, once you pull up the flight information, it'll give you an opportunity to get more detailed information. And if you pull that up, oftentimes, I'm, I'm just looking at United and Alaska right now. I haven't had an opportunity to check Southwest but they indicate what type of aircraft is on, is assigned to that flight. So you may very well be able to do a little bit of detective work on your own on the app, or there may be more information available to you online. Okay, one other thing that we wanted to share with you here um, before we sign off for the day has to do with lithium batteries. You know when you go to the airline counter and you're checking your bag, they're always asking you if you have any active lithium batteries because, if you remember, we had these smart bags that came out eight ten 10 years ago, had lithium batteries in them. They were supposed to you know, do all kinds of wonderful things for you. Well, one thing they did was, some of them caught on fire, and one of them caught on fire in an airline hold uh, inside an aircraft. So they're constantly on the lookout for this. So what they're asking you there is, if you've got a lithium battery, you can still fly with it. It just has to, whatever it powers, it has to be disconnected from powering that item. So you take the battery out, and throw it in your pocket or your carry-on bag or something like that so that you can carry it on board. And then when you get to your destination, you can pop it back in and your bag is operational again as you intended it. But the number of fires and the incidences of fires caused by lithium batteries are going up, not down. So that's why this is important. We don't want somebody who has a smart bag to put their smart bag into the hold of the aircraft and the aircraft catch on fire while we're all in the sky because that would have an impact on the rest of us so if you would be kind enough that's what they're looking for there is to just you just want to take that lithium battery out and make sure that it's not operational while the bag is being stored in the hold of an aircraft or something like that so that's kind of where they're going on that
0: yeah, I think a lot of people have, have learned that uh, the the batteries, uh, those battery packs that you use to recharge your cell phone or whatever, uh, they have a tendency to get warm. They heat up while in use. Yes. Uh, yes. Not when they're not when they're uh, when they're idle. So uh, the key is uh, make sure that you're not charging anything in your luggage with a lithium battery when uh, uh, when you put it uh, on the plane. Um, all right, we're nearing the end of our program for today, Mark. Uh,
1: next week, we'll we're going to keep- dig into the Travel Guys mailbag, answer some of your questions. If you have a travel question, go to TravelGuysRadio.com. There's a place there you can submit it, and maybe we will answer it for you on the air. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Check on your airplane to make sure you don't have one that's grounded, and we'll talk to you next week.
0: All right, my friends, keep it here for updates with the news on KFBK. This is Tom Romano, Mark and You guys stay well, and we'll see you next week.